G'day punters, welcome to the Warnable Review Show and also a preview show for some other good races happening this weekend. We've been enjoying the time here at Warnable. Uh, actually, we're not at Warnable. Um, we're actually in our normal homes and habitats and we're not pretending that we're at Warnable either. Um, Dicko, you and Jackson firing up, going well. Yeah, the, the relationship, the, the, the way we've handled this week has worked perfectly. We've, we've really zigged a couple of times adjusting to the track pattern. Um, like it's, we're just about to get the, the big jump race now. So we've had six races day three. Like we just lost raw performance, but we took $10 small bet. It started seven. Um, we've adjusted really well to the track pattern and it's got us in front. We're going to win for the, for the carnival, which is a big effort. And uh, Jacko has done an enormous job for us on track. You and I, Peter. Well, you haven't been, have you? No, there's there's not much. To, it is it yeah. is an extremely hard and testing three days to be like actually working at the whole time. You know, it's ten fucking races. You know, it's most it used to be eight races a day. Sometimes now it's nine, but it's ten. It's a long day. It's normally cold and wet. He's had a good weather, but he's he's nailed it. He's done really well, and uh, we're very grateful to have him on our team. Exactly right. Shane Curlio, you've been watching the bull intently. Uh, you actually said you had a, a three standout performances so far. Do you want to run us through uh, your highlights of the bull? Um, um, Racing.com presenter slash on-air analyst Clint Hutchinson, <laughs> who champed me on Twitter one night when he was full of piss. <laughs> um, I thought his performance on Twitter night one was outstanding. Uh, <laughs> tweeting at 5am was brilliant. Um, from what I've seen on the social media and on and off the track, I thought that was the best performance. The only disappointment to that story was he wasn't on air the next day. Huge opportunity missed there by the dot-com powers that be. Yeah, absolutely. Political correctness gone mad. He should have been on there and should have been, this is what I really think. <laughs> but anyway, great effort. Uh, little Spano, or the little whatever he calls himself, um, uh, the jockey Spain, Zach Spain, Zach Spain, stood down yesterday after blowing above double O. <laughs> <laughs> he joins a he joins a pretty good club of, of some great riders, so it's a good sign for his career, I reckon. I think was Ollie there once. Yeah, yeah. I think from memory he was. He might be the captain of that club. So if he rides up as many winners, he'll be sweet. Imagine what it was like in the 70s before they breathed him in the Grand Annual. They would have all been powerful. <laughs> um, once again, a missed opportunity there. Like, I'd want to be half full to get on these things. <laughs> well, they, probably should, they probably should have sent him on a hurdle just for fun. Yeah. Have a look at this bloke, still half pissed. We'll send him around in the first and the main hurdle. Um, but on a serious note, that, um, that uh, what's his name, Scott? Um, after coming, after being kicked in the head by a horse and being in a coma and recovering just in time to get back and, and, and winning the Gallywood yesterday, I thought was a really good story. Yeah, it was. Um, it sort of like restored some faith in jumps racing um, for me. I'm not a massive, I'm not the biggest jumps fan, but those sort of stories, and you can understand why people are so passionate about it because it gives the, not only the horses, but some trainers and people that just love the game are in that sort of space in racing as well, so... And that was a great story. Yep. Of the many narratives. And, um, yeah, there's probably not enough... Uh, hasn't been enough drunken sort of videos and stuff on social media. It's been pretty quiet. That's why I really... That's why I made Hutchie number one, because I thought he, 
he really went out of his way to, to entertain. So well done. <laughs> I reckon it's obvious, but Rick McIntosh is whatever he's on is unders. He, he sort of makes the carnival. He gets it going, big time. He does. I thought it was good he's that no, no one berated him for making one mistake out of twenty yesterday. Plus all the all the extra commitments he'd be doing for fuck all money to promote the thing. Yeah, it's a big effort from him, and I hope he uh, gets rewarded in time. Yeah, and like his him getting a bronze statue, like he's genuine. Like you know, Saddam Hussein would have paid for his own statue, I reckon, when they bronzed him up. But this one for Rick was pretty genuine, so I reckon that's great because he is he has made this carnival. He's a big part of this carnival for what it is. He wouldn't yeah. have Saddam wouldn't have put his hand in his pocket, but the sculptor's done it under suffering for being shot if he didn't. <laughs> you make statue or you die. <laughs> seven, seven. They reckon seven sculptors had to go at, their, at doing his face. The first six died. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, I digress. Sorry. Ah, very good. Uh, we're focusing on three races today. We've got the. Well, actually, whole... you have to read out every question on Twitter. Everything they've asked, every word. Yeah, I, I did. Poor yeah. old Capital J's had about seven goes at getting his question answered. So we, so we would have missed that. We would have missed it again. I hope you've all looked at Capital J's horse because I went and had a look at it. Oh shit! No, no well, you, you can feel this one. <laughs> read, read the question and start the answer, and we'll follow in. I saved this window on puntingform.com.au. Here you go, third and final time, guys. How can you, do you use data to anticipate a horse, horse's future performance and what level it may get to, especially when factoring in age, amount of runs, etc.? If you could use my horse, Sacred Legacy, as a, as, a ca- as a use case, that would be amazing. Um, well, I don't, I don't know if, yeah, how harsh you're going to be here, Kels. Barry. Um, He's a good man, this guy. Look, so so the, so a couple of things for this horse, right? It's a three-year-old filly. So when I want, I wanted to have a look at, it's have a look at the the horse itself. Now, she looks like a little horse, like a little filly that's got a little bit of uh, development to come. Uh, and then you have then that's the first thing I noticed about the horse. Then I had a look at the data, and I had a look at. Um, how it sort of went from its, uh, say, first run into its second run of the prep. Because obviously one of the things about those smaller sort of horses is as they get further into prep, you know, there's a chance that they could sort of taper off a little bit or, you know, not be able to stand up to the rigours of training and racing for long preparations for those lighter sort of fillies. And, um, you know, this horse, you know, on the punting form data, it was, um, you know, it it sort of... uh, what do you say about the first race? Like it sat, I sat on speed. It was a sort of leader-dominated sort of race. It wasn't far off them on debut at Bendigo. Ran ran well. Went to the paddock. Come back and won a maiden. Won well there. Um, finished off in okay sort of time. And then it went to sail on a heavy track. And you know you could sort of give excuses there, but it, the race was run a lot quicker. Didn't really finish off sort of how you thought it would. And then it went for a spell. Come back and won again fresh. Um, you know, and then it did sort of um, it regressed a, a, a second up, but it was off a bit slower tempo. So it's a little bit sort of that's a like a difficult one, you know, to sort of use an example, I suppose, because 
you're looking at like a looks like a pretty light sort of filly that's got a fair bit of development left in it, and it's and it looks to be uh, on the data it looks to have gone okay fresh, and then you know maybe the race wasn't suited, you know heavy track second up last time, and then you know uh, it sat sort of off a you know sat on a slower speed and finished off okay, but sort of overall as it stepped up in trip sort of regressed a little bit there, so it's sort of hard to tell. You know that maybe she'll she's a horse that might be while it's still growing and and sort of a little bit light might be better fresher, but as she strengthens up, you know later on she'll be able to sort of stand up to a prep. So not the easiest case in point, but I did my best to have a look at it and try and piece it together. I think I think his horse is out of a nice sire, and it's a filly that might improve next year, but the jury's out. There's a positive spin on it. A couple of general points around using data to predict improvement. Um, a lot of people have looked into this, and the consensus seems to be that very, very few horses get better after start 15. So, by I mean, considering the average length of a career, start 15 is pretty deep into it. You know, of course, you get horses who go and have 50, 60 starts and or 100 or yeah. whatever, but they're very much in the minority. And of course, there's still going to be outliers like Eduardo's come back a better horse this prep age seven, but. 99.9% of horses are going to have exposed themselves by start 15. So that's a one data point. And uh, one I use is that once a horse has sort of established a platform of performance, I use something around two and a half lengths as the next level to go to. I mean, that's like an average, and some are going to improve more than that or not as much as that. But if you, if you want to project the horse forward, two and a half lengths-ish is, is a pretty good... Um, that, that's what I think of as a, a level of performance. It's around two and a half points. Yeah. So I, I think I, it's going to progress further than 58 grade based on what it's shown. I think a, a simple thing to look for in punting form okay. is you, I, I, I like horses that get through the line. And obviously, a really good horse can handle at both ends. But young horses often aren't going to get the opportunity to be exposed to a good, strong tempo early. So I was just looking at myself at a horse, Turidan, which is just one. I backed it first ever start off its trials at Geelong. And it was slaughtered first up, but completely savaged the line its last 400 metres. So it showed you there that I, I've got some ability, like stick with me. And then at one second, I was packing them, and it's, you know, it's turned out to be a decent horse. And it's sort of sh- the thing that the default, like shows me it's got some potential or talent is the ability to close off a race. This horse did that last start over 1,400. Mm. Uh, sectionals are off a slower, a bit slower tempo than, or as slower tempo as what it's faced, and certainly first time up in trip. So I think it's got, um, it's certainly got, it's certainly better than a benchmark 58 horse going forward, this horse. Okay, beautiful. A few little nuggets there. Uh, we'll do a little bit more as the year goes on but uh, yeah that's just a singular case study we might look at uh, identifying say a two year old and possibly even talk with Rob Scurry about that at some point because he's obviously going to have a, a very different point of view to, to how we look at juvenile horses uh, let's start with the Hollandale at the Gold Coast group two 1800 metres Mark Roden we've got you on the show because there's a whole heap of Sydney horses going up there's a few Victorians as well but Curly it's your backyard well kind of uh, what do you think of the group two there yeah, this is like it's like um, mind-blowingly good field for a race in Queensland. Um, some nice horses here. Oh, a lot of probably few of them in the twilight of their career, possibly. But 
still a good quality race. Um, weather's probably going to really, or not probably, will be very important here. We had a heap of rain midweek, which is Wednesday. Um, and they sort of forecast a bit of drying conditions. Like, um, I haven't been outside today, to be honest, since I lift, I back squatted 130 kilos this morning at the gym, but it was overcast and misty. I've been in the office ever since. Um, so How the, are those two things related? <laughs> I can bring anything together. Uh, so, like, I, I want to see a drying track because, I, like, you know, a track with a tiny bit of give in it, you know, they ran that 4-5 mark would be awesome. Um, there's some good horses here, but at this stage, they went up a heavy eight. We know that the Gold Coast track is severely in need of a, of a upgrade and doesn't handle... These, you know, doesn't handle the rain well, so it's hard to know what to do with the track on. I sort of anticipate soft range, but crack and race. And I'm really interested in in a few of opinions from you guys of what you think about some horses that I like. I particularly like Homesman. Um, I like it. Uh, I, I like it up here. I think Paradis, another horse that sort of has been up here before and you know performed really well, then gone back to Melbourne and went super. And then uh, Zaki down up from Sydney as well is another horse um, who's got a little tricky map here, I think. Um, and uh, 50 Stars, another Melbourne horse that's, uh, that comes up right up there on the data and in the market for me. And um, are we still potting Avilius as a horse? Um, will be one for Roden, I think, as well. Because, you know, it's going to be... Well, not, not is going to be. Like, it's 5.50 now and it's uh, favourite at that quote, and I sort of don't want to be anywhere near it. So I'll be happy to hear opinions. Uh, Zaki, second favourite. So the two Sydney horses. Um, um, I think Ibelius is over the top. Um, he's put in some good runs this campaign, and it, it, there is softness in the track. That's, it, that's exactly what he wants. He, he's, you yeah. can get him on firm tracks these days. Um, yeah, he's been competitive in some... Good races in Sydney, probably as good as this or better. That's probably why he's at the top of the market. Nash on as well, but I wouldn't want to back him as favourite either, just on what I've uh, seen. Mm, I've sort of marked him like... I haven't given him any plus or minuses for the track yet, in fairness. Yeah. I'll sort of, you know, understand where its best figures are and that's with, you know, on that's on those wetter tracks. And I sort yeah. of couldn't anywhere near that price. Well, if it's a five or even a six, it's probably neither plus or minus. It's just... Yeah. Yeah. Okay, you know. Um, so you've got it. Yeah, well, that, that's fair enough. Saki's an interesting one. Cracking run in the Doncaster. Um, then stepped up to 2,000 uh, behind Paths of Glory. Um, I, I had a feeling, it turned out not to be the case, that it was better inside it, um, that day. But um, as the meeting went on, um, that proved not to be the case. But he, he and the thing outside him, his name escapes me now, just tracked into the race from back half of the field and looked like they were going to Quinella it. And uh, I think it was Hangman, actually, was the other one. And they didn't they didn't get past uh, the grey horse on the inside paths of glory, who's going to be a big chance in the Wagga Cup tomorrow. Um, but lost no admirers there. He's ticking over nicely. Had the run at, at over 2,000, drops back to 1,800. Looks to have a sticky barrier. That's the only thing I'd say. Yeah, I sort of kind of thought that it might have been just like a good tempo miler and the 2,000 was beyond it. That's what I thought it sort of was there to win the other day. Yeah, so it's either not run the trip or his fitness hasn't quite been there second up. So take your pick. Also, interestingly, for you know, a lot of a lot of 
2,000 metres, even mile and a half horses get trained as milers over here with the different sort of training regimes we have. But this this horse was really only a miler over there to start with. It wasn't a stayer ever. So yeah. Yeah. Um, I think it only had run, one run at 2,000 over in um, in England. So, yeah. yeah, it's probably a different type of import than we mostly used to. The other, what the about, other horse um, was in the Melody Ballad, even didn't mention her. She's in what the about Pike versus Rod? Who? Rod? M Rod versus Pike. Who'd you rather be with all like on Saturday? Um, Pike. There's a, que- there's a question on Twitter, but we do we did Pike. sort of the come to the consensus Pike. that first time new track William Pike's like must miss. Don't care. <laughs> okay. after, after you spent 25 minutes vilifying Michael Rod on Monday, whenever it was. Um, you can't really backtrack <laughs> was he? in three days. Vilifying. Him. Knowing very well he wouldn't listen to the word I say, I was encouraging him. Go, Roddy. Well, it's not just the jockeys who are like first-timers at the track. Half this field, probably over half this field, hasn't raced here before. How difficult is Gold Coast as a first-timer? Well, particularly after the rain, it's a big... It's a, it's a, like, it's a proper issue because it's just a over-raced, worn-out track that hasn't had an upgrade for 20 years. Yeah. You know, if it's still wet, they will want to be sort of middle middle sort of lanes and you can't win inside it and you can't win too far outside of it. See, it's going to be a real big finish here. Yeah. Well, what about Parody, who's won twice at the track this preparation? It's had a little extended spell since the Australian Cup. Willow on board. I know it's got gate fifteen, but we'll be able to roll forward from there, surely. I don't think the I don't think the gate's a problem. Every other horse drawn inside will be looking for all important. Yep. And there'll be trip tonic parody and homesman happy to bowl along like first three. Yep. Gold medals. What price it start? That's five fifty. There you go. Live and dangerous. I uh, like that. A bit of like equality in the J. Carr Douglas relationship there. Is that, is that the one she's engaged to? Fuck, it's not, is it? I've got no idea, mate. Yeah, Peter, you'd know. You're I've, the expert. I've got no idea what you're even talking about. <laughs> <laughs> All right, anything more on the Gold Coast? Or are we uh, have you thrown something out, girls, that you like? Yeah, I, I think I want to be on Homesman, um, but the track's my query, and I sort of wanted to get your guys' opinion, the Melbourne boys. Yeah, um, Homesman, Homesman went good, Mooney Valley, when it was wet, wettish, soft. Wasn't, like, heavy. 50 stars is a swimmer. The wetter, the better. And it's got, it. it's got Pike, yeah. so the barrier 12, which you're going to get, like, an extra two ticks for, doesn't matter, because he wouldn't use barrier four if he had it. Um <sighs> So, like, it's a free hit there. And um, that parody is a good horse, but was completely blessed in some race, Peter. We were there. That's Lamington. I backed it. Fucking blessed in run and just gave it up at the death. That was it. Shout out to Rob Scurry's roly-poly mate, Mr. Seawolf, as well. He's another horse who has posted a figure. I think he ran second in this race two years ago. So would not shock. But gate one, that's obviously the concern, so watch the truck. Okay, uh, shall we head to Adelaide for the derby? Um, 
what, what do you want to say about this, Mark Roden? We'll start with you because Explosive Jack posted a figure in the Australian derby, defeating Young Verta and uh, Lions Raw ran third, Montefilli was fourth. Overall, that figure, it was a pretty slow tempo, but the horse still had to obviously grind home and do a lot of work out wide. And on the day, uh, how did that figure impress you? Um, look, it, it was about a standard rating AJC derby. Um, certainly wasn't particularly low or anything. And a standard AJC derby is a lot better than a standard SA derby. Yep. So on the figures, he's going to be hard to beat. The only question is, is this a um, bridge too far? Is it- and uh, yeah. j- just for the punters watching at home who have done the right thing and got a punting form subscription, Peter... Uh, where are we? Are we Morfordville or Morfordville Parks for this race? Uh, this is Morfordville, race seven, Morfordville. The first three races on the card are on the park circuit, I believe. So that'd actually be race four on the punting form, probably, oh. I'm guessing. And it is. Well, we're under South Australian Racing. I think it's race eight. Oh, no, it's race seven, sorry. Yep. Do you reckon uh, there's a bit of a recency bias in the way we're looking at this race, given that, uh, like, two starts back for Laquiro, but... Well, and two starts back for Explosive Jack. Laquira's got like basically the similar SP and knocked it off. Uh, potentially, I think the extra three hundred meters. You've got one horse that's proven it. I know Laquira posted a, a decent figure last start at Caulfield. Um, the thing for me is the map here. You've got all these horses that are going to be settling up front, but Laquiro is really the one that stands out. The rest of them, you'd have to query what their general credentials are. So if there's any sort of slowdown coming in towards the turn, you'd have to think Explosive Jack, personal in particular, they'd be able to get wide with a bit of momentum. And if they do go too hard up front, it'll suit both of those horses anyway. Do you think, do you see some tempo here, Peter? I don't. Not a great deal. I mean, that Itchy Bansan from 14 might try and roll forward and do something. Uh, it has been leading the last couple of starts, but otherwise you've got Royal Mile, Laquero, uh, Monte, Pulciano, and Solar Apex. That's about the your speed there. Um, so it's just going to come down to horses like Deep Strike, Explosive Jack, Personal. They'll need to get off and going, obviously, before the turn and get cracking into the race. Deep Strike wasn't suited last start. It was blocked for most of the straight, and... Out of the same race, Nobel Heights went around the you know, four wide the turn and had to cover a bit more ground. So, look, they're probably the two best coming out of the chairmans. But really, if you're going off just pure data, Explosive Jack's clearly the horse to beat. And Personal's the one where if they go absolutely mental up front, it will suit her. So, you know, that's not a very exciting explanation, but it does look favour to those two. I've got a theory here. Um, if you don't mind me interjecting with my theory. I want you to. Um, now, remember when the footy coach won the derby? Yeah. <laughs> Dennis? It doesn't get mentioned often by us. Not often. But in that, race, in that race, I really liked a horse called Let's Crack a Deal on the day. Thought it ran really well. Thought it showed staying potential. Um, I liked its first two runs back from a spell, this preparation. And I was drawing a whitish sort of gate here when I say ish, barrier 15, but it gets the blinkers on. Like, it'll go forward across with Inchy Band. Proven stayer. 18 up to this trip, like third up, is not sort of like something that I would normally do being a Queensland 
punter, none of Queensland trainers really have the, the ambition or maybe the ability to, or the horses to do that with. This camp can definitely produce it, the Mar and Eustace camp. I just think it's like a really big chance to roll forward across with Itchy Band Sun, end up in a grouse spot and trade a quarter of the price at the top of the lane. That makes sense. That makes a lot of sense. What's yeah, young Wor- the- young Werther went enormous like that 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 form line like it went very very good in other race that you were talking about Mark the Derby. Sydney Derby. Yeah, I just wanted to ask Peter about personal. I think you're giving that a chance too. Um, it it seems to map awful again though. Yeah, awful map, but it's one of the horses that just on its pure exposed figures and you know it gets a distance. It just ticks a lot of boxes from that point of view. Obviously needs that luck, but I, I suspect you'd get a better price maybe even on the day. Like I think it's. She's sitting around 5.50 or so at the moment. But I'd be just happy to back the two best horses. I think there's a lot of speed humps in this race, and especially for those up front, if they don't get the tempo exactly right, they're just going to be swallowed up in the straight. But this is me doing Adelaide form, and that's always uh, fraught with danger. So, yeah. <laughs> just getting a bit emotional here. Sorry, guys. Jamie, oh, it's, 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 it's hard to watch, isn't it? It's so hard to watch. Oh. What is going on? So, oh, oh fuck. Honestly. Uh, anyway, yeah. I'm surprised Peter's not losing it. <laughs> it's got to be hard to watch. What are you, are, is that on oh, .com? That's great. Good on him anyway. Mm. Look, at, look, at, look at you all. Just wrapped up in the emotion that is the ball. It just gets to you, doesn't it? Look good. For, look good. It sure does. <laughs> all right. Look good, feel good, play good. Anyway... Thank me later when let's correct a deal causes an upset, I suppose. <laughs> Knocks off the stable, okay. mate. Like it. I'm going uh, back with Weiro, by the way. Okay. Well, no, he, we would normally be swerving a horse like Explosive Jack. Like, it's done more case than Cliffy Young when he won the <laughs> Sydney to Melbourne Gumboots in 82. <laughs> like, he's been up and down the highway a few times, this horse. Hobart, yeah. Mooney Valley, Bendigo, Randwick, Morfitt, Drew Morfittville. <laughs> Truthy. Yeah, fair enough. And I think personal wants tempo, which it might not get. And like, it, it couldn't run past that um, media award, you know, last week. So you'd think in a normal racing jurisdiction, or even nation, um, this race's Group One status would be under severe threat. But I don't think it is. No. Same with last week's race. Yeah. Yeah. It's um, Group One's in name only. We're dealing with here. Okay, let's leave Adelaide there. Let's head to Caulfield. Race six, Dickens, that's the one you're talking about. What? 1,100 metres at Caulfield. No, race two. Okay, race two. I don't even know what price it is. Oh, there, I do. Sorry, I do. Confused. I've got a lot going on. I'm going to keep it really simple. I think Exelman will win. I think it'll start sort of $1.80 and win. $2.10, best available. There it is. Who trains that horse, Jack? Jumpers Lamming. Excellent. Who's riding, Jack? Fuck you, Peter. <laughs> <laughs> Who are Jamie Carr? Is she? Yeah. Oh, perfect. That's what I was asking. <laughs> no, I thought you were trying to highlight that I wouldn't know. I wouldn't know. <laughs> 
She has got a neutral sort of uh, ROI at the moment. That's what I know. They're just all colours to me. And to you, Peter. I'll tell you what she has got in that race is lengths on the opposition riders. Yeah. Um, That's an very good strength of opposition is something that should always be taken into account. You know, I do like I do like Yendel on Skelm. It's a horse that needs a nice strong rider. It goes well for Johnny Allen, and it gets gets uh, Yendel. Skelm did like I don't know if I was with you, Peter or Jacko, but like I said, it's, it's going to win like halfway in a good race at Caulfield, a decent race at Caulfield, where I think our horse Mohican Heights Walker won. Yes, top of my head. Yeah, that it ends there. Excellent man, so ready to win. Up in trip, wants to go up in trip. Just looks the sort of the one you can stamp here on a Thursday, in the middle of a like a complete betting bender at Warrnambool. Doesn't end because he got fucking gapping tomorrow. Exactly right. We've also got uh, the Wagga Carnival for you, Mark Roden. A few bets today, couple tomorrow potentially. Yeah. I... We'll be, there'll be something tomorrow at, at the very least. Yep. Um, two betting races so far at Wagga and maybe more. First one actually kicks off in about half an hour, which will be after this is broadcast. But anyway. Beautiful. And then we'll be previewing t- uh, Saturday's meeting for Gosford with Mark Sheen yep. tomorrow. So stay tuned yep. for that. Uh, anything to touch on before we finish? Um. Sorry, I don't know. So much going on. Betting, betting at Gatton tomorrow. There's 10 races. Ooh. I hope my car breaks down before I have to drive down there. <laughs> I'm planning on it tomorrow. <laughs> it's, it's, just, it's, just, it's Monday to Friday sickness here at the mailbag, isn't it? Like, it's just every day. We're not videoing the whole thing, boys. We're not sitting there like a watching <laughs> a fucking test match between Afghanistan and fucking... We've got a, uh, Saturday's a trying day. I've got the Metropolitan meeting at Gold Coast on a worn-out track that's waterlogged, and I've got the provincial meeting at Ipswich. Um, they're my two days. They're racing at Cobar, but I won't have a chance to get across it, and also at Burrendow and, and Rockhampton, but I won't be able to get across those meetings either, unfortunately. No Toowoomba Saturday night? No Toowoomba this Saturday. Oh, yes, there is. There is. There is. Um, we'll be betting uh, probably. Ah, I doubt we bet Wodonga tomorrow, but we'll, we'll be looking at uh, Cranbourne tomorrow night, and then obviously Caulfield Sunday. I don't even know where they're racing on Sunday yet. Caulfield Saturday. Yep. One day at a time. We'll be right. Yeah. Non stop. Very good. Bye yeah, for now. Bye for now. Bye. Goodbye. Until next time, bye for now.